I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today we have an awesome show, full-length podcast today. Uh, I know we haven't put out full-length podcasts in a few weeks. Um, actually, that's a lie. We did that really cool one with Joel, with Joel Marion. That was a great podcast. Uh, but I feel like we're overdue. I got the crew here. I got Vaughn, the pastor of disaster, here to uh, rein us in. He's speaking before I tell him to speak. <laughs> that's a check mark on the board, brother. I know. Go stand in the corner. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore, do they? I, I don't, I'm about to I'm about to put it back in. <laughs> we also have a couple other guests here. Uh, one of them is a huge stud, uh, and the other one is Sal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, before I intro uh, our special guest, Vaughn, what do you got to say for yourself? I got to say that one of these days, I'm going to come in with like serious high energy. Like, you know, I'm normally chill on the show, but I'm going to come in one day like, Big Vaughn is in. Let the fun begin. You know, something like that. How long have you been practicing that? You know, he's saying that in the shower. (laughs) Yes. That's from a movie from the 80s, only it's Big John is in. Dude, I'm just saying, I know know. you've been thinking about that for months. I practiced it. Yes. Months and months and months, and you finally, how good does it feel to break it out? It, it feels real good, and I figure, well, like, with the two Frisella brothers, this is about my only chance of talking at this point. Ah, well. uh, <laughs> uh, look at that. He's getting, he's getting he's a little thicker skin. He's learning, you know? Yeah. 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 All right, I'll take that. Take no, it. I'm, no, I, I was reading up on our guest, so I'm excited he, about he today. Is, he is a real man. Yes. Um, why don't you intro him? <laughs> well... Okay, I'll do that because yeah. you'll fuck it up. No, I, I I can do it, but I mean, like, I like I like it when the guest intros themselves. Yeah. You know, because I got the little I got the summary from your from your website, dude. But I'm not going to do you, cool, I'm not going to do you. I'm justice. just going to tell you guys this this guy is super accomplished in all areas of life. Has an incredible story. Uh, has has not only accomplished amazing top level feats in the fitness world, but also is a tremendous oper- uh, entrepreneur. Uh, someone who I haven't known very long, but just from the few, little bit that I know him is uh, somebody that you guys can learn a lot from. Um, welcome to the show, man. You've got Jason Kalipa here, who is uh, pretty much one of the studliest dudes on earth. Yeah. Oh, boy, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, I will say this. When Andy, when uh, Emily texted us and I, and I read Jason Kalipa, I was like, is that, the, is that Aquaman? You know, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I'm talking about? Like Jason Momoa, I think is his name. So I got yeah, but dude, Jason with. Momoa ain't got nothing on Jason. No, Cleaver. he doesn't. Let's be real. You're like Superman. Do you know yeah. who Jason Momoa is? I know who Jason yeah. Momoa is. <laughs> well, hey, I'm I'm stoked to be here. I'm glad I was able to make it out. I'm glad you guys allowed me to be here. I'm honored and uh, stoked to talk about whatever you guys want to dive yeah. into. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit. Like, just bring everybody up to speed on who you are and. Um, what you what you've done and and basically uh, I mean because dude you've done a lot of stuff like dude you've been a tremendous athlete in the CrossFit world um, you've won the CrossFit Games yeah that's huge obviously but I mean dude that's that's what most people know but I think what most people don't really know is your what you're doing in business um, that you're an author you have a really cool book called the AMRAP Mentality yeah. And uh, that I think I really want to talk about on the show because uh, the mentality is very important. Um, 
especially in this day and age when we're constantly distracted and we really don't know how to balance um, putting everything we have into everything we have, right? A lot of people are one-dimensional. You know, they want to put everything they have into their fitness or into their career or into this, and that becomes their excuse for why all the other areas aren't where they should be. And uh, that's how I see it. I see it as an excuse. Um, but I'm interested to talk about all that, man. No, let's do it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, a little bit about my background. I uh, I got introduced to the fitness space at a really young age. I started working at the front desk when I was 15 years old of like a health club. And then throughout high school and college, I kept working at the gym. And um, I didn't make it into the four-year university I was looking for. I was kind of slacking. I was the class clown in high school. And I woke up. I went to junior college, got my stuff together, ended up going to a four-year university, graduated from there, um, opened up a business. So at that point, I had been introduced to CrossFit early on in 2006. So when I graduated from college uh, in 2008, I decided to open up uh, a CrossFit gym. I also happened to win the CrossFit Games that year, which kind of just all catapulted in a lot of things. Ended up marrying my high school sweetheart the next year and just kind of boom, 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 boom. Fast forward a little bit. I competed at the CrossFit Games eight times. Um, was able to see quite a bit of success there. And uh, we now have a business that's not only um, open to the public CrossFit locations, but we've also expanded into corporate sites that bring us all over Asia. Um, we also have a location in Mexico. So we've expanded to 20 sites uh, of our gyms, um, which is has been remarkable. We have a great team there. And uh, we have a digital footprint of other stuff that we do as the as the kind of the business has flown, we've needed to be kind of evolve with it. And so we went digital. And my wife and I have two kids. One of them got sick a couple of years ago with leukemia. And that's really defined a lot of things that I've been doing for the last couple of years. And we're really, really blessed that she's doing well now. But through that trial, we learned a lot. And now that's a lot of the things that I take into my life on a daily basis. So to summarize me, I guess I'm a CrossFit Bank Games competitor for a long time, a uh, business owner and a uh, husband and father. Let's talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about all this, but like, dude, to do CrossFit, you know, on the level, I mean, to do CrossFit at all, it's, it's tough. It's a hard, it's a hard sport to get into. Um, it's scalable, you know, average people can start and, and beginners can start. But to compete at the level that you're at, dude, and you're a humble dude, but you got to be pretty much one of the baddest motherfuckers on earth, period. And um, that means you've got something special in your mentality that most people just don't have, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, How do you think that that, where did that mentality come from or how did it develop? I mean, for a long time, you know, I never reached my potential in high school. You know, you look at some guys right now who are going through high school and maybe they're getting by and you have these teachers that kind of like, you're almost like in a system and you almost have to try to not succeed. Right. Like, but I used to just be okay. I got C's and they get degrees, right? You graduate from college and all of a sudden all you need is a C's to get through. But in life, there's no A, B, C, D. It's just, are you reaching your potential? There's no pass fail. Right. It's like, are you right. getting to where you want to get to? That's right. And so it was It was when I went to junior college, and that was the first time that compared to my peers, I wasn't on the same track anymore. And I got woken up, and I realized that you know, no one owes me anything, and that if I want to go out there and do something special, I need to take that on myself. And so I started educating myself. I started putting in the hard work, and that translated into other things. And I found CrossFit, and the, the work that I put in through CrossFit really translated in the rest of the things I do in my life. And um, it's a blessing to find those type of workouts because 
when you push yourself mentally and physically in the gym, it translates so well outside the gym. Totally. And I think that anybody who's not exercising right now, at least in some way, even a 10 minute walk or your 75 heart, whatever, they're, they're missing out on arguably the greatest thing ever because of stress relief, motivation, internal discipline. It's, it's, yeah. So anyways, I, I don't know where it exactly came from, but one day I was sitting in a junior college class and that's when I woke up. It, everybody was introducing themselves. It's like, hey, I'm John. I've been here five years. Hey, I'm Susie. I've been here one year. And then it was a girl next to me. She's like, my name's Mary and I've been here seven years. And I remember just sitting there in that chair saying, man, I don't want to be in a junior college for seven years. I need to get my shit together and, and get going. No one's going to do this for me. And uh, that was really the wake up moment from like a philosophical perspective. Oh, now, dude, how now I know the answer to this, but I want to hear what you think. Uh, I know the answer for me. How, how much has that helped you in your business life? Oh, I mean, remarkably. And, and I wouldn't even say business life. I'd say in just life in general. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a great example. I used to think that competing at the CrossFit Games like helped me, you know, get sponsorship deals and money and fame and whatever, right? But when our back was really up against the wall and my wife and I heard about our daughter's diagnosis, when it was really up against the wall and it wasn't a game anymore, this is mm-hmm. real life, those experiences played huge, huge in my wife and I being able to mentally overcome this big obstacle. Because when it came, we had all this background to, to, you know, kind of built the foundation so that we could use things like positive self-talk, understanding what's in our control and all the things you could develop through exercise that then translated to that hard challenge. Like the night that we, my daughter was diagnosed, I'll never forget. My wife took me out into the hallway and she just gave me like this because I was crying most of us would be, so I don't, I don't mind saying it, but I was crying when I, I heard the news and I'll never forget. My wife just comes up to me. She's like, you listen to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm like, she goes, you tell all our family that Ava's sick, but when they walk in that room, there's nothing but smiles on their faces and there's no tears to be shed in front of our daughter from this day forward. And she was just like, we're going to crush this thing. And she just turned around and went right back in. No words. After that, no words spoken. Wow. That's and I was boss, just like, man. and it was awesome. just, wow. and, and, and it gives me like, chills, you know, yeah. chills because I just think like all those years that I was competing, she was also developing a set of skills because she had to learn to overcome when I would, you know, fail or, or whatever. Right. It wasn't always rainbows. Right. There was right. tough times. Yeah. And she learned how to overcome it. And so she took that energy right into that day. And from that day forward, she meant what she said. And, and so I think you asked the question about how it translates into business. And I shared kind of like more of a personal story, but in business, you know, no, I think that's a better answer than what the question I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but, but in business, there's tough decisions that need to be yeah. made every day. There's tough conversations. There's tough path. Right. Um, and by learning how to have tough, like for example, cold showers, Yeah, they suck. Right? Yeah. But if you could develop the mindset to do a cold shower, cold plunge, then you might be more willing to walk into the office and say to someone, hey, I don't believe you're doing your job effectively. And if you could do that sooner than later, you're helping not to allow this thing to foster and grow. Yeah. And you're helping them. You're totally helping them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I look at, 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 at the whole thing. I mean, this could go off on a whole nother tangent, but it, dude, might end, it might end up there. Yeah. I look, I look at correcting someone as a service to them, not me. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, God, you're such a dick. No, I'm not. I'd be a dick if I didn't say anything. Yeah. You know? I look at, you know, for me personally, you know, this is why I relate so much. This is why I'm a uh, I'll fan out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I find... Don't A-Rod him. 
Yeah, no shit. Don't man. A-Rod them, Sal. <laughs> I did good. I mean, when A-Rod was here, Sal had a little boner the whole day. <laughs> I mean, I never thought in a hundred fucking years that Alex Rodriguez would be sitting in my office asking me business advice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, let's get something right. He was asking me. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> You're over there rubbing your chubber to him. Hey, dude. I mean, he was, Alex, Alex Rodriguez was holding a Sal for Sal a bat. I mean, the irony in that, I was like. Yeah, Dude, for great. fucking a week after fucking A-Rod left, Sal roped off the chair that he sat in. And he had a vodka tonic there. We left it there. And it said, take a picture Take a picture of Alex Rodriguez's chair for five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, you got to think. This guy's, I mean, he was the fucking oh, dude. man. I mean, yeah. totally. When I was in high yeah, school and college. You definitely made it real weird, though. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give two shits. No, it was awesome. One thing you know about me is... It's all on play. It's good. Yeah. No, but I mean, one thing that, that I respect so much about you and, and from following you for, for the last couple of years is, is watching how you transitioned your fitness mentality into the business mentality and the success that you had in both is not ironic, right? It's a disciplined skill set that you've created and understanding that through tough times, you, you, you condition your brain to get better. You condition your, your, your mindset to be tougher and to be stronger. And so to watch you adapt and change has been very impressive from the sidelines. Oh, thank you. It's, it's cool, man, because like the feet, what I love most, and I tell our guys is what we're blessed to do in fitness, the principles in, in losing weight or overcoming that challenge, uh, are this, those to be successful in that, in that actual arena or the, the exact same map or game plan that you need to be successful in life. And why we have two fat guys who run a supplement company is because... Who's the other one? You and, and no, Chris. No, I mean you and who else? You and Chris. No, I'm not fat. Well. I'm leaner than you. Less fat. We have two less fat guys than we were. But, you know, to be able to speak to those people's souls because we've been there and gone through it and gone through the struggle is a very relatable piece. But what's cool about what we do specifically for business, for, for work is it's so translatable to life, success in life. Like you have to be able to, to, uh, exercise discipline. You have to, to be able to put the work in day in and day out. You have to have big goals. You have to accomplish those goals. You have to have a plan on how to get there. Yeah. And what's cool about weight loss is it's very similar to being successful in life. And the plan is not always the easiest path. You know, something I was talking about the other day is we actually closed one of our locations because for a number of reasons we had to close it because our zoning was off and there was a number of factors. And some people from the sidelines are like, oh, they're closing location. Well, we're expanding our other ones. Don't worry. But that was all part of the plan to begin the year. And when we sat down to begin the year and we created our business goals, we said, hey, we need to consolidate here. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to expand here. It's smart business. It's smart business. People, but people but, from the outside don't get that. No, they I don't totally get that. Get that. But, they think like, oh, dude, you're in trouble. It's like, no, you're supposed to trim the fucking fat. You're supposed to do that. But, but I guess where I'm trying to go is that as we are executing on this plan, it was tough. And part of me was like, ah, are we doing the right thing? Ah, you know, how many times have you gotten into a workout or gotten in a situation and you created like a plan in your head, but then all of a sudden when like you actually start, you're like, ah, forget it, I'll go this route. But it's because we kind of error towards the, the path of least resistance yeah, when in business, right? In business, it's not always the path of least resistance that's the best path. That's right. right? It's and usually not. It's usually not. Yeah. And, and, and that's something I've really had to learn through fitness is that if I create a plan for a workout... Oftentimes the plan that I'm setting out for like this many reps, this many sets, whatever is oftentimes not going to be the easiest plan, but it's going to be the plan that I know is going to put me in the best position to quote win. Mm -hmm. And in business, it's a beautiful translation, right? Because you create these business goals and there's going to be hurdles and speed bumps, right? It's just the way it goes. Dude, you know, I found that literally anytime I ever find myself going down the easier path in business, I automatically redirect into the harder path. 
Like, it's just what I've trained myself to do because I know I've never won going the easier path. I've always lost. I've, I've lost money. I've lost employees. Uh, things haven't worked out the way that it, that it was supposed to. Like, so I, if, now it's to the point where it's like I intentionally look at things and make them harder because I think that's where it's going to produce the best result. Well, we always talk yeah. about, and Andrew was really good about this, especially in the early days, you know, the values and the inefficiencies, you know, and a lot of the our business growth has come from the inefficient uh, plays that we make, handwritten thank you cards, handwritten uh, notes on every single order that goes out the door. The first, every single time a consultant comes into this building, the first thing they say is, well, you know, you could automatically pick and pack these boxes. Yeah, and that's you why should. you're a consultant and not run a $300 million company, fucker. And that's the difference, <laughs> yeah. though, right? Is like understanding that we've created a personal connection to our customer base through inefficiencies. Yeah, we don't need 55 guys packing boxes. However, this this tool that we've used, that we've used handwritten thank you cards or handwritten notes has created loyalty through our customer base. Yeah. You know, so is dude, it efficient? You see, no. Does you it seem work? like yes. a really chill dude, man. Like, and a good dude. Like, that's the vibe I get off of you. We don't know each other very well yet. Um, but let me ask you this. This is something that's interesting to me. Sure. So, I find that the harder and more calloused I get mentally and more disciplined I get mentally the more contempt I I have for people that don't have it. Yes. Do, yeah. Do you okay. feel that way? Yeah. The more... How do you deal with that? Because like for me, it's very fucking frustrating. Yeah. You're just saying that for people who easily just kind of seek the comfort. And, yes. Yeah. Like I can't stand it. And like well, it's, hard, it's hard for me to like tolerate it. Well, I mean, you know, I would just say that you got to meet people where they're at. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why, you know, because I own gyms, yeah. I've met with thousands and thousands of people and... For example, my family, would I like them to exercise? Yes, of course. Do I think it's the great, do I think it's a, a free gift you could give yourself just to do some burpees in the morning? Yeah, but I can only say it so much and then there starts to build resentment from them to me because I'm overbearing about right. it and I need to meet them when they're ready and oftentimes right. when they're ready, they'll come. And so for me, when I meet people who haven't quite figured out their deepest internal why or drive yet, mm. It just takes time for them to get there. And and I hope that they'll find that. But I also have to reflect and realize there's still people who don't desire to push those limits as much as I do. Right. And they're not wired that all. way. And that's okay. You know, like it, yeah. that's no, okay. We need we need we need role players too. I get we, it. We do. And, yeah. and I think it's really important. Like, I just didn't know if you struggle with that like, like I, I do. Of course I struggle with it yeah. because I see guys and I'm like, I want it so bad for them. Yeah. And I'll sit them down and be like, bro, you have so much potential. Let's and they go. They do. They have so much potential. Yeah. But they, are, but but potential, right? It, it's not going to put in the work for them. And, no. and I think you know it's something that everybody needs to think about is that regardless of what they're pursuing in their lives, I think it's really important to have a strong kind of central cornerstone of why they're doing it. Right. You know, is it is it money for fortune and fame or whatever? And I think for me, after Ava got sick, it was really important. Like I've never looked at money the same way. Is that when she got sick, I used to think like you know nice watches, cars, whatever. But what it did was by having this hedge. So we, I, I, I incorporated this thing called the AMRAP mentality, which we could dive into yeah. for a lot of years. And when she got sick, the night she got sick, I sent an email to our staff and just said, hey, look, effective immediately, my focus is going to one area and one area only, only this one right here. But it's because of everything I had done leading up to that that allowed me to send that email. And that's my passion to put out this book now or to share this message that we never know when life's going to throw us a curveball. 
Right. And so if we could build up a financial hedge, a fitness hedge, a relationship hedge, right, where you have a good relationship with your spouse, your significant other, this way, if something does go wrong, you're in the best position to crush it. Right. And I just think money has just changed where I want it to become a non-factor for me. Right. Just like fitness should be a non-factor. Like I should be able to get up off the toilet. I should be able to play with my kids. It should be a non-factor. Right? I should be able to do whatever they want. Money should be the same thing. If my daughter needed some type of unique treatment, I should be able to handle it. Cause I saw a lot of things break families in the hospital and we spent months in the hospital. Right. Yeah, dude. I see that too, man. Like people, people misjudge why it's so important to make money. You know, they, they automatically go towards, and I'm even a little guilty of it, showing it the way that I do. Like they think like cars or money shits fighting, like, but they, you know, they don't realize that there's so many other reasons why it's important. Yeah. You know? Um, it's easy to discount things as like greed or this or that, but who are you calling whenever fucking you need a check written of for $400,000 for your kid in the hospital? Yeah. You're going to call the dude who has the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you'd rather be that guy. So you kind of already answered this a little bit, but I, I, going back to the trial that you had with your daughter and you, you mentioned passion and I'm always fascinated by that. The English word passion comes from the, the Latin word pasca, which means suffering, right? So there's a real connection between suffering and, and having passion. And I think anybody who's done anything in life knows that a life of comfort and ease basically kills enthusiasm, right? You, it, it takes tr- struggle, it takes challenge to really draw out that, that real heart in somebody. So my question is, could you, could you elaborate a little bit on after you experienced all, you know, this suffering with your, with your daughter and this challenge, how is your fundamental passion for life different? Fundamentally, I'm a different guy. And I knew that the night that she was diagnosed, right? Is that I knew my life was going to be changed. I didn't know it would be changed. Like, I don't wish what we went through on my worst enemy. I really don't. However, I also feel confident that I grew and my family grew in a positive direction because of it, right? So I don't ever want to have it again, but I'm glad now that I look back on it. And a couple of things I learned, you know, one was that, um, you know, you have a group of friends and your goal as a group of friends should be to raise each other up when they need support, right? And I think having close family and close friends and always being there for them. It, it never showed me the importance of it until, you know, every day we're in the hospital and I wake up and in that waiting room is just filled with friends and family, right? And that kind of support and how important that is. And, and I know that anytime any of our friends get in that type of situation, I need to be there to support them because it was that important for me. And, you know, it also changed the way I looked at things. You know, I would leave the hospital and, you know, there was one stint we were in the hospital for like five weeks, right? And straight. And I stayed every night at the hospital. And I just remember I'd leave there and or I wouldn't leave there. I'd stay there. But then after the five weeks, I'd, I'd be like on the road, right? And I'd be at a stoplight and just someone would just be like riding my ass or just honking. And I just look at him and be like, dude, just be easy. Like, like, it's all good, you know? And I think what it really did is it just shifted my perspective. If you spend three hours in pediatrics at a hospital, it will totally shift the way you look at your day because what you think is a big deal really isn't a big deal. And I don't judge anybody because everybody has their worst. So let's just say you lost a job. Maybe for you, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Well, maybe for me, my daughter getting sick is the worst thing that ever happened. It's all relative. But the point I'm trying to make is that through this experience, it's transformed the way I look at my day. As I'm going through it, if I see something, it's just it's like, it's all good. Like I look at my daughter now compared to when she was bald in the ICU. It's like, dude, 
we're that's, crushing shit right great. now. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. Shit, you know what man. I mean? So, so yeah. that's the big difference is that this is something my wife actually wants to get a tattoo. She doesn't have any, neither do I, that just is like perspective on her wrist because for her and I, it shifted the way we, we observe the world. And, um, you know, as you get older, I think your, your perspective shifts. This was one example that we were, you know, we had at a relatively young age. So that's the big difference. Do you think through that lens, you see the world as a better place now than you did before? Uh, I think, I think that the world, I think there's a lot of people that need to find their happiness. They need to find what drives them and they need to just take a step back for a second and recognize that what they think is a big deal might not be as big of a deal as it is. And so, yeah, I think the world is a better place after going through this because I have more compassion for others, which I didn't have before. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, it's funny that uh, that I was talking to a friend uh, who's actually been on this show, uh, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't think this is public information, but he had a huge uh, brain injury like 10 months ago. I hadn't heard from him in a long time. So I texted him last night just randomly saying, hey, bro, what's up? Haven't talked to you. And he's like, well, long story, but I had this injury and I'm still not recovered and I'm not, it's going to take another year for me to recover. And he started telling me all this stuff. And, and, and dude, at the end he was like, <clears throat> he's like, dude, it probably won't make any sense to you. He's like, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because my perspective has changed now and made me a better person this way, this way, this way, this way. And I'm like, actually, bro, I understand per- perfectly because it reminded me of when I got stabbed in the face and almost died. And like, dude, and I tell people, I'm like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. If you haven't listened to that, it's on episode one. It's the first episode that we ever did of this show because it's that important. Um, but dude, you know, I tell people that I'm like, dude, yeah, getting stabbed in the face, having 160 stitches in my fucking face, permanent nerve damage, can't smile anymore. Uh, so you guys who are like, Oh, why don't you fucking smile? It's cause my smile's fucked up motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. I don't, I got, I'm self-conscious about it. It is what it is. You would be too. If you're half of your face was fucking paralyzed, but like, dude, you know what? It was still the best thing that ever happened to me by far, by far, because it gave me mental resilience about fucking everything. And it taught me how to take the worst possible shit that could happen and make it into an asset. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you're a different type of person, you might have let that define, define you and it could have Bro, and it I almost did. And you could have, you know, and that's where this is a really tricky situation. Did you ever hear the story about how I how it, it changed for me? I don't no. know if you heard dude. So I went through uh literally like a year of like severe depression, dude. Like 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 kill yourself. Like I was gonna kill myself for sure. And uh I mean, dude, my face was swelled up the size of a grapefruit for a year, like on the side of my head. It looked like I had a huge fucking tumor. And, uh, dude, I was walking through this store, uh, the IGA across from where my first retail store was. And I, I was, you know, dude, when you're like that, when you're, when you have a deformity, people either do one or two things. They either look right at it and they're like, dude, and this is what they would do to me. They said, dude, what the fuck happened to your face? <laughs> and I used to always tell people it was a car wreck cause I didn't want to get judged like for being some kind of fucking tough guy or some shit. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I, I, the other type of person, they just won't even look at you. Like they just look yeah. at the ground. Right. Okay. So that happened a lot both ways. And very few people would, wouldn't have a reaction because it was just, it was bad. Um, and I was walking through this grocery store and there was a lady who had been, um, 
Well, I was walking down the aisle and we came to the T at the end of the aisle and she bumped into my cart and I had been looking at the ground and I've just figured I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but after I examined the situation later, it was cause I was just down and I was just looked at the ground all the time and, uh, I didn't want anybody to see my face. And, <clears throat> um, so I hit this lady's cart. I didn't know it was a lady because when I looked up, I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman because her face had been completely burned off. Like, like, you know how like people were burned so bad. All they have is like two holes in their nose yeah. like that. And, um, she's wearing like a little, uh, like a little bucket hat, like, a. I don't know, like you wear to the beach or whatever, you know? And so I looked up and I'm like, oh, sorry. And I looked at her and she looked at me. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. I swear to God, I couldn't tell. And she goes, dude, what the fuck happened to your face? (laughs) (laughs) And dude, like I knew in that moment, like she knew what I had been, like what I was dealing with, like she could see it. And, uh, and dude, we had like a 15 minute conversation. Turns out her family, her, she was the only survivor of a plane crash, a small plane crash that killed her entire family. And she was burnt. Oh. That's how she got burned. She missed, she was missing one leg, which I couldn't tell, but she told me about. Um, and, uh, and dude, you know that as I walked out of the store and it instantly changed my perspective from like, bro, you're, you, you know, my life is over less than that to like, fuck dude you're a bitch, you know, like you're being a bitch and dude, it changed my life in like a five, 15 minute conversation. And, uh, and dude, I started realizing all these crazy benefits. Like, like Chris and I, my business partner, we would go to these trade shows and nobody knew who we were. Cause we weren't doing any business. We weren't, we weren't like we are now where people, you know, recognize us. Nobody knew who we were, but they would always, they would always remember me because of my scars. They were a lot worse back then. That was 15, 17 years, 15, 16 years ago now. Right? Yeah. 2003. 2003. Whatever that is. I'm bad at math. Unless it's money. I can count money. But um, the uh, what would happen is people would be like, oh, dude, you know Andy? Like, you know? And they'd be like, no, we don't We don't know who you're talking about. And they'd be like, the guy with the scars. That's right. Face. They'd yeah. be like, oh, dude, you know that dude who got stabbed in the face? And it started working in my benefit. Yeah. Like it started working like people people remember me and they would and so and it's funny because now people are like, Well, dude, Andy, you have so you have enough money to get your your face fixed if you want it, because I didn't have the money then to fix it. And I'm glad I didn't. And I'm but they're like, Why don't you just get it fixed? I'm like, dude, I would never fucking fix that. Like it's part of who I am now. Like it's part of my character. It's part of what I am. It's part of my life. It taught me yeah. everything I need to know. But you were, but you, you were lucky or fortunate, or perhaps you were open enough to have that situation happen to you in the in the grocery store, right? You were, you were maybe searching for it, you didn't even realize, it, and then it happened. And, and I dude, think I that, can't even explain that. I never right. saw her again. I never, like, it almost. It sounds weird, dude. I know, but it almost, like, I almost sometimes wonder if it was, if it was even real, if it really happened. You know what I mean? Like, or did like, was that like a fucking ghost or it sounds weird? Like, I know that's something sounding crazy or an angel or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just um, hope that anybody that's going through a tough something finds that. Yeah. Right? Whatever right. that is. Right. right. Finds that thing and helps them propel them forward. Cause you could use these trials and these challenges. You know, we talk about workouts. That's a good example, but this is an extreme example of what you're talking about, but you got to be open and you got to be looking and then you have to be ready to kind of like learn from it and move forward. Right. But it, it's not as easy as it sounds. No, you know? no, yeah. it was, uh, and it wasn't like I was immediately cured. Like I never struggled with shit, yeah. but I mean, dude, it just took it from like 
a negative 1,000 to a fucking positive, you know, Well, to Jason's one. point, it's a perspective. Right, exactly. It's a, per- it's a decision, dude. It's yeah. a decision. For me, I mean, I, I mean, I have one. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's no different, right? I mean, I broke my leg. Well, dude, it's all the same. It, you know, it's, it, we all have that, right? Like, you can choose to fight or quit. That's right. You know, and I think the choose to fight mentality is the AMRAP mentality in that sense, right? Yeah, get for in, sure. Get back up and understand. Yeah, let's, dude, let's talk about that. Like, because I think it's so important to to really dive into this this concept because I think it's unique. Um, I think it's something people need, and I think it's something that that everybody can relate to, uh, seeing why there would be a benefit for them to have it. So, well, so tell me how you came up with it. I, I mean, or what it, is it, and how did you come up? with I it? I mean, it kind of found me, right? So. Yeah. I was at this point. I I had had uh, I had my daughter, my wife. So I married my wife and I got together at fifteen, and so we had known each other for a long time. Obviously, before we got married, and so I'm with my high school sweetheart. I got my wa- my daughter. I'm competing at the highest level in CrossFit, and then our business had just turned global, and so I'm sitting there, and I remember one day, you know, I'm uh, I'm walking down the street with my wife and my daughter, and I'm, I'm strolling my wife. And my wife asked me a question. She's like, hey, what do you think about that, Jason? And I just look at her and I was like, I just looked at her. I was like, babe, I'm really sorry. I was like, I wasn't listening to a thing you were saying. I was thinking about walking on my hands to the CrossFit Games, right? That's what I said. And just the look of disappointment on her face. I'm like, if I don't make a change in my life, I'm not going to have this daughter or I'm going to have, you know, I'm not going to have this wife or this relationship anymore, right? right. Because I'm, I'm, my body was one where my mind was somewhere else. And and so I started reflecting that night and I started thinking, man, I got to change something up. I want to be good at business. I want to be good as a husband and I want to be good or my father. And I want to, you know, win the CrossFit Games. At that point, it was like 2011. And so I said to myself, how can I do these things? And I remember when I was first introduced to CrossFit, I used to be at the conventional gym for a couple hours a day. And I do a rep, a couple sets, you know, check at that point, there really you know, was no cell phones, but I'd walk around, bullshit with some people, do another set, walk around, bullshit with some people, do another set. Next thing you know, it two hours later, you know, some action happened, but not that much. Then I was introduced to the AMRAP program, as many reps as possible. And as we were talking about before we even got on air, was like if I asked someone right now to do as many push-ups as he could in one minute, that's all they would do. They wouldn't answer their phone. They wouldn't play with their whatever, they would just be all in on one minute of push-ups because it's them against the clock, a quantifiable data point that they're fighting against. So as I was sitting there and I get back from the walk, I said to myself, man, when I was first introduced to the AMRAP and working against the clock, I became so efficient at my workouts. I got more work done in less time and that's what I need to do now. I need to be focused, I need to get more work done in less time because I have the same time in the day but my business is growing, my family is growing, and the competition is getting harder. So what could I do? I could AMRAP the hell out of each focus, right? That's what I told myself. So I started kind of putting pen to paper this concept, and it took me a while to do this. But um, essentially, the AMRAP mentality is based off a few key points. Number one is identify your focus and have a strong why for it. Like so, so for example, like riding a bike. If you're riding a bike and you're not present and focused, you're going to tip over. So the first step is you got to be focused on whatever you're doing and you need to know why you're doing it in the first place. You know, if you're, if you're not, if you don't really care about it, when shit gets hard in business or whatever, you're just going to be like, away. Oh, next one. Yeah, right. I mean, how many times we That's know what everybody people, does. Yeah. It, when it gets tough, it's, it's easy to kind of go away. Right. So the first step is like riding a bike, identify your focus. Then the next step is work hard at it and legit hard. Like riding a bike, you pedal, right? 
And you got to work hard. And when I talk about hard work, what I'm talking about is roll up your sleeves, old school hard work. It's work and it's hard. And what I think about on a daily basis, idea of earning my confidence. So every day, no matter what I'm doing, if it's going into a business meeting or going to a workout, I need to earn the right to feel comfortable talking about a certain thing, talking about the business, growing the business. Or, you know, for example, the CrossFit Games did an event came up. I could walk in with earned confidence because I put in decades of hard work to get there. Right. Whereas perceived confidence, which is something else I talk about, is completely different. It's like me walking into the, you know, the the ring with Floyd Mayweather, slapping myself in the face a few times and be like, I'm going to knock this guy out. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And he's going to walk in. He's going to have the earned confidence because he spent more time punching a bag than other people than I have being alive. Right? right. And so when we talk about hard work and pedaling, we're talking about earned confidence. Right. Then we transition that into switching gears. And just like riding a bike. You got to be focused on what you're doing, like what we're doing right now. We work hard at it, like we're am wrapping right now. And then throughout the duration of the day, I switch gears like I do on a bike. And what do you do in a car, right? You're in first gear, second gear, third gear. So as I'm transitioning into my day, maybe in the morning I work out, that's my first gear. Then I see the kids, that's my second gear. But once my first gear is done, I'm no longer thinking about first gear. I'm on to second gear, right? And then after that, then I go into business. And once I'm in the third gear, that's the gear I'm in for X amount of time. And then I shift back to gear one as an example. But when I'm in, I'm in. And when I'm out, I'm out. And I no longer think about the business meeting I just had. That was the point of the business meeting is to be present on that. And then when I'm in my workout, I'm thinking about my workout. And when I'm done with my workout, I, I, it's done. Right. Right. And so identify your focus, work hard at it, switch gears. And the final step is reevaluate. So when big milestones happen in your life, maybe you get married, maybe you lose a job, gain a job, whatever, you need to reevaluate what your focuses are. And for me, I choose three focuses. Everybody generally has like three things. They have a, something that makes them money, some type of significant other family, hope, you know, whatever. And then like a third would be like a hobby or for me, it's my fitness. Maybe for others, it's golf or whatever. And so as time goes on, you might need to reevaluate your focuses because maybe, you know, something happens. So for example, for me, the business kept growing, the family kept growing. I needed to reevaluate and go team instead of individual. Or then when my daughter got sick, that was an easy example of reevaluating my focus and going all in away from competing. So that's basically AMRAP mentality summary. I love it, dude. I love it, man. First of all, I love the fact you talk about earning the confidence. I feel like I'm the only person on earth until now that understands that concept. I'm so fucking sick of hearing all these stupid fucks on Instagram post shit about oh, feel good, oh, tell yourself you're special. Well, if you're not fucking special, you're not going to believe it. You're going to have less confidence because you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You know? And so, dude, thank you for understanding that and putting that message out there because there needs to be more of it. Well, another example of that just to, <clears throat> is like YouTube, right? So if I want to learn a new skill, I can go on YouTube. Right. The other day, I, I, I want to take my son fishing. And so I wanted to find new ways to basically gut a fish. Okay. It's, it's a random example. Yeah. Finally, we get a fish and I go there to gut it. And I look like a dumbass, right? I'm sitting there and I'm trying to do like the technique. I'm trying to remind myself on YouTube. I'm looking at the video. And then some dude comes up and I'm like, I just humbly said, Hey, man, I would really appreciate if you could show my son I had to use this technique. He comes in, he takes me through it. And there's no substitute for that confidence he had from so many years of fishing. Right. right. And then he now taught me and that, and then I learned and 
you can't just watch YouTube videos and expect it to translate completely into real Correct. life. No. Is yeah. what I learned from getting that. It fish gave that you day. a start. It <laughs> well, gave you a start. Yeah, it's it like you... tying a tie. Yeah, I don't give a fuck how many <laughs> oh, times you tie a motherfucking tie. Your ass is on YouTube every oh, fucking dude, time. For sure, T for tie sure. to tie. I'm that guy. For yeah, sure. me too, bro. Because yeah. like, dude, I'm I know how to tie a tie, but I want it to be perfect. Yeah, you know, I want that perfect double Windsor shit. Yeah, you know, so like I'm on the. You're laughing because you do it too. I, listen, I do it. I'm guilty as charged. But I, I mean, I was gonna. I did a story on this the other day. Confidence, yeah. confidence is the only gift you can give yourself. Like you have, nobody can bless but you, you with to, it. It's not, you can't even give it. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, and the way you have confidence when you walk in a room is because you're comfortable with the skills that you possess. That's, that's correct. That's it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so nobody can tap you and on the head. And that's the difference between like what you're saying, perceived confidence and actual confidence. You know, most people operate their entire lives on the perceived confidence. They will go the whole, and then they wonder like, why do I not feel confident? Because you're fucking faking it. Yeah. I mean, I used to wear a wristband on my on my wrist that said earned on it. Yeah. And it's because when I got into the the depths of the competition, I'm talking 4 a.m. on a bus about to go throw down with some dudes that are that are ready to throw down. Yeah. I would look at my wrist and it said earn and that told me like no one gave me anything. I earned the right on That's that right. bus just like every other man yeah. on that bus did or and woman. Yeah. Right. And no one gave us anything. And and so to me it's a level playing field because we I earned love it. it. And, and you know what? As a humble person, so this is cool because it all ties together. Because, dude, to be good at anything, you inherently have to be humble because you have to be able to learn, all right? So you could take, like, Floyd Mayweather, who is the cockiest fucker on earth. That dude is still humble when it comes time to put in the work. Yeah. Period. He's wanting to learn. He's wanting to get better. He's And, and dude, people don't grasp that concept. So... The cool thing about what we're talking about is like when you have earned that place because you're so used to questioning yourself and being self-aware and saying, am I really good enough? Did I really put in the work? And Do I belong here? Because, dude, I feel that way all the time. I know like I know anybody who's a high achiever like, dude, when I go speak and and and, you know, this is bragging or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm one of the best <laughs> fucking speakers in the world. It's widely known like that's. I'm no, I'm known for that. When I still go to a fucking event and I'm I'm like everybody else is chilling and like they're relaxed and shit, dude. I'm nervous as fuck. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you I'm thinking deliver like a, a good product. You yeah, want I'm thinking like fuck, dude. Am I really as good as what people say I am? Yeah. Am I really as good as what I think I am? And I've got to remind myself, yeah, I am, because I fucking earned it. It's the exact same conversation. I don't wear a wristband, but I have that same conversation. Yeah. People I, don't think that though. Well, I, so to back that up, like I did a speaking event yesterday in Vegas. And when I finished, I just always asked myself, did I reach my potential in that conversation? Right. Like, did I reach my potential? And so for me, I had earned the right to be there because someone was willing to have me there. Right. 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 So someone must have thought I earned right, it. Right. But it still never gets easy because, you know, and this is a blessing and a curse. And something I'm working on in my life is like, I set up these pillars and these milestones and business and whatever. And then you get there and sometimes... I don't celebrate them enough, right? I'm just on to the next one and I'm just keep Winter's asking mentality. myself, right? Dude. Just am I reaching my potential? Am I reaching my potential? I'll never forget, like we were trying to lock down this deal for corporate account and we worked so hard on this deal. And I remember just telling my wife, when we land this deal, when I sign it, you know, we're going to pop a bottle or whatever. Like I just said, look, we're going to do something. Yeah. And then it happened. I'm like, 
All right, next one. Checkbox. You know, but, but, but I need to get better at that, right? Because that's something that's hard for me is me I need too. to get better at celebrating the me small too. wins because otherwise- I feel just, like it's going to make me fucking weak Well, yeah, because I see so many people who compl- they get complacent because they won one fucking thing. You yeah. know, and then they celebrate a half victory or like, like right now we're doing 75 hard and I see people being like 20 days in and I'm like, fuck you, man. That's a, you got a long way to go, bro. Yeah. Like, but I understand, like, you know, there's some validity to them saying that, like recognize that, you know, but keep moving. You know what I mean? Cause I've seen so many people and so have you build amazing companies or do amazing things. And then they start believing their own, their own headlines. You know what I'm saying? And what happens? They lose. Yeah. It happens. Every, and I'm so terrified of losing that I will never let myself enjoy it. Well, you, said, you used a phrase the other day that I thought was really good. Acknowledge and enjoy it, but don't over. Yeah, but I don't even fucking acknowledge it. <laughs> well, you know, that's and true. that's like, you know, what Jason's saying is what he just said really means a lot to me because I do need to get better about that. Like, I know I need to get better about it because it's important, not just, first of all, I think it's much more, it's much more important for other people to be recognized than it is for me personally. But dude, I need to have a good fucking time when I'm kicking all this ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, and I'm honestly, most of the time I'm so on that it's just, it's just not enjoyable. But this is, I mean, you see this across all winning platforms, right? Winner's mentality is like, you want to go on and continue to win, which is, this is where I, you know, for me personally, as a professional a father, a fitness enthusiast. Professional what? No, I'm a professional. Everything. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Just I just to want it. to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, when you look at, because um, I get asked the question most regularly about balance. You know, how do you balance your life? I have three kids under 14 months. I manage a pretty good crew of guys. Um, how do I fit fitness in? Where do you do it? And I always, you know, putting my phone down when I go home to be a dad is like my thing, right? But I want to be the best dad I can be. I want to be the best business person I can be. I want to be the best at fitness that I can be. What, what I've learned is it, it's really fucking hard. Even yeah. in your AMRAP mentality, it's hard. when you have a winner's mindset, yeah, it's, conceptually it's easy to say go home and set your phone down, but like there's still work to be done. And you I do struggle. a good job at it, though. I struggle with it, though. Yeah, and but I you think do a, a good job. But I think like, a lot of... A lot like, of I, I, like it sounds fucked up, but like when I text you at night and you don't text me back, it actually makes me proud because I'm <laughs> like, no, seriously. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know that he's doing what is right and I'm, I'm being, you know, like I but, want him to do that. But the, you know, and this is the thing though, the competitive nature in you, is, you know, I'm, I'm highly competitive. So when you look at the competitive nature in the side of, you know, I knew what it takes to get us here and what it took to, for us to get here was 20 hours a day. You know what I mean? Always being involved in that phone, always being on the phone, always calling. And so like, I feel like, you know, when I'm at business, I'm failing at being a dad. When I'm at home, I'm failing at being business, and somewhere in there, I'm trying to no, be me and listen, go through fitness. Yeah. Listen, I get that that's probably a struggle for you, but there's you should never feel bad about that because I don't see anybody doing any better. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I yeah. think a lot well, of people just, struggle with that. But it's something you got to take into consideration. Yeah. I struggle with it too, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, struggle with it. You have to struggle with it, dude, with the oh. way you're fucking wired to win. Yeah, like it, it's got to be. Yeah, and you got to find that balance between you being, like I said, selfish and trying to pursue your thing, make you make you finding your happiness, and also being there. And I just think these regular. Check-ins are super important, which we talked about. You know, I, I just figure if I'm regularly checking in with myself and just saying, hey, you know, am I doing okay on a regular basis of being X, Y, and Z? Well, I'm not going to have these huge epiphanies when I turn 50 and be like, oh, dude, I was a really terrible at this, right? Yeah. I, but these small check-ins. But, you know, I just wanted to share one note is like 
something that I we did really well as a family, and I'm I'm looking to do this for business, is create memories that will last a lifetime. Meaning, I think something that we think about in business is like you launch a big deal and you go ahead and you, you know, go buy yourself a new McLaren, right? right. Well, okay, that's cool, but what if instead you created some type of thing where you and your key guys go out and go do something that's with their families that's that everybody will remember forever as like the milestone when you hit X. And when my daughter got sick, we told her we couldn't travel for a long time outside the country. And so one of the ways that I motivated her and myself was, hey, baby, when, when we're done with this whole thing, I'm going to take you anywhere you want to go in the world for as long as you want to go. And the whole time to that whole three years, it's like, hey, you know, get excited. Where do you want to go? We would take a map. We just spin it and hit our hand. Like, oh, That's we're going to cool. go here. And you right. end up talking about all these different places. Right. That's awesome. And so we ended up um, going for like five weeks to Europe. We, we went like way over the top. Yeah. But looking back on it, I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I I need to learn how to do for business is set up a milestone and create memories surrounding it where it's not just this monetary thing that comes and goes. Plus, it's great for culture. Dude. It's great for culture, yeah. too. But that's something that I'm thinking about now is like, how do we take that for our team? Be like, hey, when we hit this milestone, um, let's go to Hawaii as a group and whatever. No, I, lo- I love it. Idea. Yeah, I love it. But it just relates back to what I was saying with my daughter because yeah. we flew the whole family out, yeah. right? And so anyway. now I will say getting a new car is a pretty awesome experience <laughs> and driving them every fucking place you go is pretty awesome too. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. But as I get older, I will say there's less value on that than there is like, like Saturday when we were out at the farm with everybody, that was way more valuable to me than fucking any car. Yeah. Oh, you know? I, yeah. Mashing on some dirt bikes. Doing yeah, your, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and the thing is, is Eat like some good barbecue that, you know, like, you know, but I mean, you look at what makes our culture strong, you know, French fries. Yeah, <laughs> our guy. Like I, so I believe that that culture. I didn't created- eat any fucking French fries, everybody. So don't be fucking talking shit on me. <laughs> he might. No, I Today. won't. No, I won't. But I believe that that trust is created through uh, uh, physical torture. Basically, the bond is forged. No, dude. The the fucking the the camaraderie aspect is through that. Like if you think about like, you know, I use this example all the time when I'm talking about culture, like. Like, dude, um, it's funny because, like, you know, we talk about what builds real culture. Well, think about what really – how much do you respect the guys that competed with you in your CrossFit games? Yeah, tons. That's why I think every company needs to have – They're probably some of your have, closest fucking friends. Yeah, but that's why I think every company needs to have a wellness yeah. program that Fuck does, right. like, hard functional training. Dude, Sal, where you were, were you this morning? If I'd have known your ass was in town, we so we so I have a gym at my house and, and – I have a hill. We have a. I live on this massive hill. We call it Death Hill. Oh, I would love to see that so that you would throw up. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Do so, some intervals. Well, yeah. No, so I, we do. So my thing is, it's funny that you do AMRAP. I do. I my I train imams. That's oh, all. Oh, imams are great. I just so bang for those imam. who don't know what that, that's every minute on the minute training, which is exceptional. Um, but I think every company, like what we do with different companies worldwide, is we bring a coach which facilitates this community and. You know, bonds are to break. I think every company should have functional training. It's funny you said that. So, like, I was giving a talk on culture recently um, to a bunch of multimillionaire entrepreneurs. I mean, everybody in the room owned a business and made uh, in excess, personally, of $500,000 a year. Okay? You had to have that to even get in the room. And they're like, well, what is the best thing we could do to culture? And I said, "Buy buy a fucking tank, buy a sled, buy some workout shit. Go out in the parking lot every day at four o'clock and do a fucking workout yep. with your team. Grab some dumbbells. That's right. Yep. And dude, they're like everybody was like, they're like, yeah, but what is what is it really? I'm like, I'm telling you what it really is. You go out and sweat and bleed and struggle together and throw up together and respect is formed, culture is built. 
You know, if you think about the best team, the best culture we've ever had in our lives being athletes, it was whenever you're playing sports in high school and everybody's out there in the summertime before they, you know, fucking started really being dude, fucking pussified for a better lack of a better term about two a days. Now it's like. You know, you can only work out for 30 minutes outside in the heat. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, we were out there for three hours <laughs> twice a fucking day in 110 degree heat in summertime. And I don't know if you know about summertime in St. Louis, but it's hot as fuck. Okay? And humid. Yeah, yeah, and humid. It sucks. But like, dude, those people that I did those two days with still have my respect today. Still. Yeah, and, and what it does, it, it breaks down the corporate veil. And yeah. so we've seen, you know, we'll have the president of a major company next to the intern. And and your president's if, throwing up. Yeah. Like, right. If the president's doing burpees and the intern's doing burpees, I don't care who you are. It's hard for both of you guys. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that where that shared suffering. And, and you know, I, I think that's something that we really bring to the corporate wellness environment that I think is unique. Is yeah. that it's not just gone are the days of just a treadmill and elliptical with headphones in. We need to start creating culture around this time. Right. And a great way to do that is by having a coach. Absolutely. So I think you're right in identifying trust, though, because it's when you do all that stuff, like when you're really pushing yourself and you're and you're suffering, you're vulnerable. Listen, Very dude, vulnerable. You're vulnerable. The, be, the best thing. I mean, I do one is, of the best workouts I had here was when Mark Bell was here. Remember when Mark was here? Yeah, we fucking got after it, dude. That day, that was a hard workout. Yeah, and I pushed sled more times than he. I wouldn't let. Him, there's no fucking way I was gonna let. I him beat pushed me. it as many. I didn't push no it more. No way I was gonna let him beat me. But I will give him this. Cause I'm not like that sort of an athlete, so like, dude, I was really fucking struggling. Like, I I, I don't do that shit, it's, but I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna fucking say no. You know what I mean? And dude, he ended up coming. I ended up falling on the ground. Do you remember? Yeah. I ended up falling on the ground, dude, and like I was dying. And he came over and he's like, dude, he's like, you're getting the fuck up, and we're doing at least three more of this. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And we but, did it. But that's this morning. Like, so I. But this is my core, man. That's what I love to do. I love to get my guys. I love but it was put, good for the team to see that. Yeah, you got to break them. Yeah. And you got to see where they break. And you got, yeah. your trust is built like, are well, they working what's hard? cool about it is, dude, like I know like physical toughness, like when we're talking about pushing yourself physically, like I know that a lot of the dudes here in this office are way tougher than me. So it's cool for them to see. And I don't have a problem with them seeing that because I want them to feel good about how they are. Yeah, It's cool for them to see like, the guy who comes in and, you know, kind of directs them in their careers to fucking where they can kind of beat me at that shit. You know what I mean? The other day we took our head managers to the ocean and now we live in California. So it's a little bit different, but we took our managers from there and we all just went to the ocean. Right. And I just wanted them to get a little bit uncomfortable. Now in workouts, they work out all the time. So of course they're comfortable in a hard workout, but I had to take them outside that a little bit, you know, 5% and take them into the cold ocean in Santa Cruz was a really great learning experience, not because of the coldness, but because we all did it together. We all walked in together and you found little groups where maybe someone was a little bit more intimidated. Someone else came up and kind of like rose, ro- ro- you know, and then afterwards the bonding experience of that shared suffering, I think is critical. And you could find so many different ways to do that as an organization, but generally physical, it, it seems to be the, the, the easiest thing. For yeah. Me. And it happens with the least amount of time and effort. Yeah. It like, just, let's be real. It gets the job done quick. Yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot with my kids. Like with my kids, they can't see me working hard, flying to St. Louis to come meet with you guys or being in, like, they can't see that. They don't care about me answering emails. Oh yeah, dad's grinding. I'm answering emails, right? <laughs> Even though it's the hardest thing you do. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but when my kids come into the garage and they see me busting my ass, 
like they must something must trigger in them to be like okay like i get it that's yeah, they, hard work they yeah. see hard work yeah yeah and so that's important for me um to instill that uh work ethic through just like organic ways with them yeah well right? I, like, I love that dude me for from professional side of it like i love watching who breaks and i yeah. love watching who steps up and i love watching that you're watching the you know mental- what i like watching dude i like watching dudes who break and still get up yeah, it happened today. So, so what happens? I love we, do, that. we do a thirty-minute imam. You get everybody rocking, and I have this hill. It's three miles. It's run death. Like hill. they, you know, they go out, they fucking puke. They're yeah. dying. It happened today. Two minutes later, they're back in. And we're gonna hire I, that kid. I love I, that. I, shit. I watched him do it. Yeah, this that kid, was cool. Kid came. You know, I have a gym. He came. He puked. He's puking in my yard. Time to go run the hill. Gets his ass up. Gets on that hill. Fuck yeah. And he was struggling. He's laboring. It was 780 feet of climbing, three miles. That's and a lot of climbing. But how does that translate, right? Like, you you say this guy, he gets there early in the morning, so now he's, he shows a commitment to get there, right? Yeah. He's putting himself in an uncomfortable position because now he's with the boss. He probably doesn't do this kind of stuff that often. But yeah, he's willing to do that. And how does that translate into him packing bags? It probably translates really well. A lot. He didn't back down. So he I know he's got down. some character. Yeah, he's got some know? character. And you know? he's going to be able to... You know that dude's going to be able to take direction because he's mentally tough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, look, if you've been listening not, to this conversation- That's the biggest thing with employees, yeah. dude. You get new employees, you try to coach them now, and they get their fucking feelings hurt, and they're like, oh, this isn't for me. What the fuck is for you then? You're going to go to McDonald's, cook fucking fries, and nobody gives a fuck about you? I'd like, like to put an asterisk on some of this conversation, though. So for some people who have been listening to this, and they're getting all fired up on fitness, because yeah. obviously the three of we could talk about this all day. Yeah. I think it's really important for people to recognize that- I'm just that, saying, I'm not working out with you motherfuckers. But, Let's but just make that clear. <laughs> but we don't need to be fit for today or tomorrow or the next day. We want to be fit for life. So if you could just start off, like, just by 10 minutes a day, just walking, and then transition from there from some functional movements, and, uh, you know, hit me up. We'll find ways. You know, we have, we have a ton of programs available. But I just think it's really important for people to recognize that if you're sedentary right now, going out for a walk- or doing five burpees is better than nothing. I think that's, that's right. really important because we're talking about throwing up in hill sprints. Bro, it gets yeah. easier quick. It like gets I, easier I was quick. Telling, I was telling people, I think we did a YouTube video on this. Dude, When I, first, I was 350 fucking pounds. And when I lost 80 pounds, I put an 80 pound vest on and try to do the, the walking I was doing before. I could yeah. barely do it, dude. Dude, it's, it's yeah, you're Remember at Remember that? I, like Tyler's sitting over here. Like, dude, I was dying. I couldn't believe I was able to do that when I was 350. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it gets easier quick. Well, and you said, I mean, this is the thing about complacency or comfort, right? Like you can, in order to be successful, at least in my opinion, in order to be successful in life, you have to push your boundaries a little bit further every day. Not, every day. You don't have to set, you know, I'm going to do 50 Ironmans in 50 days. Right, right, and right. It's a little bit more and a little bit more. And I can tell you. And it but should, it's an honest little bit more. Correct. See, because a lot of people say that, but then when it comes time to pay the fucking toll, they won't push that little bit more. Well, for me personally, like one of the greatest things I ever did, and every, you know, everybody, uh, story is pretty well known around here. Is you know, I signed up for an Ironman, for me, half Ironman, and for me, like it scared the shit out of me, and it held me accountable. But I had to push a little bit further every day, like just a little bit more every day, and I had a plan, I had to do it. And I remember, dude, I had to get in the water, and the water ended up scaring me, and I got uncomfortable. I thought, dude, I thought I was going to drown and die, and like all these things that happened. When I crossed that finish line, dude, I got emotional because of the the connection that I had with myself, knowing that I put in the work, knowing that I've overcome these challenges and these fears and these things. And so now I'm like passionate about going out and having people stretch their limits. And we got 80 people going to do Chattanooga this year because of my personal, what it did for me mentally, professionally, and personally. Oh, dude, you passed your own test. Yes, because yeah. I put myself to it. You know what I mean? I took my program. But, and a lot of people are afraid of that. Right. Like, like I made a, like I did a half marathon last weekend because I had made a commitment to do it and I did it. 
Did I want to do it? No. Fuck no. I don't want to run 13 miles <laughs> and boring. I don't want to do the marathon. I did it last but, Sunday too. We got a lot in common. Yeah, dude. yeah we're going to school to Mexico. But I, but I think what's, what's, what's really important for people to recognize is that by setting up these pillars, these milestones, it gives you a chance and you, you can't be afraid of that failure. And I think what happens is when you set these bogeys, I think a lot of people, they don't want to set the bogeys because they're afraid of not reaching their whatever and being yeah. judged by other people. But to me, it's like, you know what? Every single person who signs up for something, I got a lot of respect for them Absolutely. because they're putting their shit on the line and they're going out there. They might win, they might lose, but you know what? If they're better than the person that doesn't do anything at all. And I think that's really important is like not to be afraid of just putting yourself out there. Like I'm competing in a month in an event called the legends event for at rogue fitness and they're bringing all like the og crossfitters out there and you know like uh, am i nervous about it yeah i haven't competed in a while but you know what i'm okay with that like it gives me something to train for and more importantly it it allows me to one way or another i'm going to learn something from that experience right? right because i'm putting myself out there and people could judge me all they want by my performances but guess what you're not out there on the where floor where are you yeah that's right and, and and i think that's really important is is and anybody could do that in any way they could just go sign up for a local 5k who knows yeah you know? that's how it started <laughs> you don't need me. to go too crazy well right. go ahead no i mean I, you know it's cool about what's funny about like doing a half ironman is i it's one of the biggest accomplishments for me for me professionally Okay, or excuse me, athletically. I, I played professional baseball. I was a high level, you know, athlete. I don't give a shit about baseball. I put myself out. I conquered this challenge. And we, you know, I always thought, I always thought everybody asked me my time. Nobody asks you what your time is. Yeah, they just, just ask if you fucking did it. He's like, you, you <laughs> yeah. finished. Oh, you did that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. You yeah. Know? So, like, don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to fail. It's okay. Yeah. You're going to try new sports. Like, I'm a big fan of jujitsu. I'm a huge advocate for it because it's just so, you get so comfortable with the uncomfortable. So, that's life. Yeah. Are you you roll? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big big fan of jujitsu. I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that. I do as well. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. If you know, Why, you want to come get your ass kicked. I'm talking to you, Vaughn. No, I'm talking I, to I'm you. All right. we <laughs> I'm already talking know, to you. We already know who the office champ is. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> Go ask everybody. Make yeah. sure you find a good coach Sal. if you're gonna be doing hey, jujitsu. I'm a green belt. And I'm what? a no belt. <laughs> In karate, you're, I am. You're, no, you're, I was gonna say there's no green no, belt. No, I am. No. I was. A, I, I. I was in sixth grade. I. I took karate for two years. I'm a green belt. Yes. So the the kids belts are different from the adult belts. Right. So, the, but I'm just saying, like, there's no. Because <laughs> when you said green belt, there's no green belt in the adult category. No, anymore. it's not. It was. It wasn't jujitsu. It was just like karate. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. All right, send me a picture. <laughs> I got some chicks. Vaughn's going to the fucking karate store after the podcast. (laughs) No, he's going to have Tyler. Hey, man, can you Photoshop this? Do you have any green belts? Yes, they're they're 13 inches long. Well, do you have one in man size? (laughs) I'll die one for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. uh, I love the the AMREP mentality. It's such a good concept. Um, it, It aligns with a lot of the stuff that I believe as well. A lot of the concepts that we talk about in 75 Hard as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the most important thing that people have to understand is that your character is your character and you have to build that and you have to build your character and your character will reflect in all areas of your life. You know, a lot of people will discount one area for another area. Like I was saying in the beginning, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm making millions of dollars. Yeah, but you're a fucking fat piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not success. You know, success is giving your character and your values and applying them in every area of your life. And I, that's why I love what you talk about with this because um, I think it's highly needed. Yeah, I'm excited for you to dive in. Yeah, yeah I, brought, I am. 
I brought Andy. I, I didn't realize we were going to have a crew yeah, yeah. today. Where is this I, book available, by the way? So the book, um, you can go to jasonkleepa.com. That's my website. You can go to Jason Kleepa Instagram. Um, it's also on Amazon, right? So it's okay. on Amazon. It's on Audible. It's on ebook. Where would you rather people buy it from? Uh, I mean, direct or I Amazon? mean, if you go to jasonkleepa.com, that'd be awesome. Uh, if you end up, I don't really care. As yeah, because they're going to buy it. I mean, dude, you're going to sell some fucking books. Hey, well, then I'm just saying. <laughs> and guys, you should, because I think after you've listened to, to this man speak, you're understanding um, why he has been so successful in all these different areas, uh, his family, his business, and physically. Uh, he's got a bulletproof mindset. And I think it's, um, I think it's something that people need to start consciously working to develop. You know, there's programs out there for how to get fit. There's programs out there. You can go see a counselor for your relationship or a, read a book about how to be a good example for your kids or b- read a book on um, how to make more money and all this other shit. But what nobody's fucking teaching is how do we build the building blocks that all that other shit will be built upon organically if you just had them? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and segmenting success- out the day effectively is, is Bro, what I think about. Like, yes. How many people do you know that are super busy and never get anything accomplished? Uh, most of them. Yeah, and so for me, it's like they're getting 80% there. And, and this is a great example. You know, you're answering emails. Well, that's because they're working, they're working to be efficient instead of working to be effective. Yeah. And it's a completely different concept. You know, you're answering emails and all of a sudden you get distracted by something. And then by the time you come back, your brain needs five, 10 minutes or whatever to get back into the zone. Instead, to start a timer, get after it and then switch it up. You know, right. that's why a lot of people like I'm never more productive than when I'm on an airplane with no wife, with nothing. I mean, you're just focused. But imagine if you take that airplane focus in each thing you're doing in your life. Right. And uh, that's that's something I think about a lot. Yeah, I do, too, man. I do, too. And I'm working. How old are you? Thirty three. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude. You figured out, yeah. done a lot. Yeah. Well, 30, dude, the thing 30, about 30. me at 33 is like I started competing professionally in CrossFit at 21, 22. Yeah. And then, you know, with, with my daughter getting sick when I was like 30, 29, I mean, dude, those are like certain life situations that like, you they know, they accelerate that process. Yeah, they kind of, you know, yeah, you got to man up. You it, know? Took like, me, it took me a long time to figure out or to come up with the idea of, of, of actually, I did it organically without knowing I was doing it on accident, if that makes sense. It took me a long time to put my finger on what it was that I was doing that other people should also be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, uh, and dude, that's, you know, this message, I, I, I'm going to start reading this book tonight, uh, because I'm excited to, to, yeah, dive into it, man. And you know, I, I get, you know, I get, um, it, the, the whole idea with the book is like, it started off as being like an anti hack book. Cause like I traveled a lot for a long time before my daughter was born. I would travel a couple hundred days a year cause we were opening up locations all over Asia, right? From Singapore to Thailand to China, whatever. And every time I went to the bookstore, I'd get all fired up to go find a new book and I would be let down because oftentimes it would be like work less, get paid more, or it would just be <laughs> filled with, or just be filled That's with the pages, problem. or it'd be filled with pages for that, for the author to try and put more pages to try and make more money. Yeah. And so when I set out for this book, I was like, I'm going to put out the, what I see, which is when you roll up your sleeves, get to work, then the results come. And then after my daughter got sick, kind of transform the book a little bit. But I mean, the intention of this book is to be a short, effective read that I didn't want to add words just to try and make money. Like, do we, you know the, mo- the most successful author out there right now, besides like uh JK Rowling is Seth Godin. Seth Godin writes books just like this. Yeah. You know, yep. they're a hundred pages long, but they're fucking Worth, they're worth a thousand pages of a regular book. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I'm excited. I love books like that. Guys, we will throw up a link to Jason's book on the uh, andyforsella.com website. And just for 
your information because people sometimes ask this. His last name is spelled K H A L I P A. Is that your social? Just K- Jason. Yeah, Klipa? Jason Klepa. Yeah. All right. I'm most active on uh, on Instagram. Great. What's next for you, bro? Uh, well, my wife and I are are hugely inspired by uh, raising awareness and money for pediatric cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to plug uh, Be the Match. Um, if you have not cotton swabbed for um, bone marrow. Um, look, you could really change somebody's life. And so all you got to do is just go to be the match.org or .com, whatever, and have them send you out this kit. You simply swab your mouth. And if you match somebody, the problem with bone marrow transplants is, especially if you're ethnically diverse, it's really hard to find a match. So the bigger we make this net, the more you can impact people. And it's not hard to donate your bone marrow and it could really change somebody's life. So I'm, I'm, I'm motivated on, on building awareness for pediatric cancer. I'm using my platform. And raising money to support families, cool. and uh, and so moving forward, though, you know, I want to get back to you know building a business and and reaching our potential. You know, like right now we have quite a bit of employees. How do we grow that? But but do more with less. Do more with the same amount of people. Optimize the business, and um, you know, take opportunities that come. Stay flowing. Right. I love it, man. I love it. You having awesome. fun. Dude, yeah, I'm having fun. I mean, I can, can feel it. I can feel that you have fun. Well, I'm pretty fired up on. I'm pretty yeah. fired up in general. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, I like I like what I do for a living. You know, I got into this thing. You know, the the day I chose to open up a gym, I graduated from San Quentin University, which is like a four year university where I live. And uh, the 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 common path would have been get a finance job, get a whatever job. But I but I went to this one interview, and the woman I'll never forget. She's like, Hey, I really liked you. But I'm gonna move you. On, uh, but before I move you on to the next round, I need you to go ahead and uh, wear a nicer suit, right? Because I had been wearing like a kind of like a sport jacket, but I wasn't rich enough to have like a suit. Yeah. And I'll never forget. Those are the last words she said. I just looked at her. I just nodded my head. I'm like, "Fuck, what?" And, <laughs> and so I left. And I called my dad. I was like, "Hey, look, you know, I need to do. I need to follow my passion. You know, do something that I have a lot of experience in. I've earned the confidence to know what I'm getting into." Um, Frankly, I probably could have done more to learn before I opened the business, but back then I was able to do it. And it was after that interview that I said, hey, I'm gonna do what I love for a living. Let's get after it. And I'm still doing that today. So to me, it's a blessing. And then the fact that my family's healthy, like, dude, what else? Like, right. what the hell am I gonna complain right. about? How else are you gonna be winning? Like, dude. Right, exactly. <laughs> Especially after going through what you guys have been through, man. It's, I, I don't have any kids, so it's hard to imagine, but I think of it like with one of your kids, you know, it's one of Sal's kids. Um, you have lots of kids. I do, but uh, but it's different, I guess. You know, it would be different if it was one of your kids. I yeah, I couldn't Can't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, like I, you talk about like when you were we talking figured about, it out though. Yeah, well, when we talked about you got emotional outside of thing. Like I'm getting chills because I I just I couldn't imagine that conversation. Yeah, and you know what though, you step up to the plate. You gotta do what you gotta do, and, oh, no, of and, course. and we could and we could all develop a set of skills outside of that just by you know. M- choosing to walk outside and go exercise a little bit you know that will help us one day when someone gives you some really shitty news yeah to learn how to overcome it right Mm. right so dude um first off thanks for making the trip out here dude this is this is awesome we could seriously talk for hours and hours and hours um jason's got a plane to catch here in a little bit uh i'd like to have you back out whenever you can come out and we'll do uh we'll do another show. Yeah. I also want to talk about the 75 hard on, on a show. Like, yeah. cause you know, I have a podcast too and I, I think it's super interesting because it aligns so well with the fitness side of what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I'd love to come back. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. 75 hearts. Cool, dude. It's uh, you know, the whole idea being see well, people, there's a problem with people's, especially their, 
the way most programs are designed, in my opinion. You know, most programs are designed, and I'm specifically talking about the eating pro- portion of this um, right now. But, like, you know, they're designed with six days and then a rest day. Yeah. Okay. Well, the problem is, is that most people are so addicted to food and addicted to their eating habits that all they do on a traditional program is go the sick. They're waiting for that sixth, seventh day so they can just do whatever, cheat and have their cheat day or whatever. And dude, yes, people can get in shape like that. But the problem is, is that you're not ever curing yourself of the habit because all you're doing is building a bridge in between it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the idea of 75 hard is to take all the, the, the is to take simple tasks and create a situation where there cannot be any compromise so that you could truly change your habits and who you are over the course of 75 days. Now, a lot of people right now doing it, they think, oh, dude, I'm doing a fitness program or I'm going to substitute this for that, that you're missing the fucking point of the program. Yeah. The point of the program is to build the mental toughness all the skills that you need in order to do everything that we're talking about. Build a business, take care of your family, be fit forever. Don't struggle with bullshit like, oh my God, I can't wait till I can have fucking pizza again. Fuck pizza, dude. You know what I'm saying? Isn't your life, the quality of your goals and all the shit you want to dream worth more than the fucking pizza? Yeah. You know? So like, it's training and dude, and you know, we're for today's day 44 for me, but, um, which is the longest I've ever gone without cheating on a diet. Uh, but, like, dude, you couldn't fucking put anything in front of me that I would eat right now. You know what I mean? Unless it was on my program. Because that's what – it's it just changes you mentally. Um, you know, and then, of course, some of the other things I do automatically, I'm sure you guys do as well. Like, you know, one of them is read 10 pages a day, drink a gallon of water. That shit, I do that anyway. But everybody has their thing in this program that they really struggle with. So it's, uh, it's really cool to see how different people are – growing in different ways depending on what skills they had or habits they had in the beginning versus the end you know what i mean i love it man yeah it's really really fun i'm really enjoying it uh it's going to change a lot of lives um so it's i think it'll be the biggest thing i've ever done yeah and it goes really in line with like this amrap mentality in the book and whatnot so i'm I'm curious why i'm excited i can't wait for you to give me some feedback on that oh absolutely brother i'm excited to read it just because i'm in this zone right now you know what i mean (laughs) me too so i love it yeah (laughs) i'm ready to go yeah so, That's dude, awesome. thank you so much for coming out, brother. Guys, um, please support Jason. He is really a tremendous guy. Very, very good dude. Uh, if you got a chance to talk to him in person, you would love this guy immediately. Uh, he's doing some amazing things. His heart's in the right place. He's a complete stud, and you guys can learn a lot about uh, a lot about life from following him. So make sure you're following him at, on Instagram. Uh, and then also... Give his book some support, man. You know, you guys know I don't bring a lot of guests on, and when I bring them on, there's there's a reason for it. Um, this is a book that you got. I haven't read it yet, but I can tell you just from speaking with you, this is going to be a book that everybody needs to read. So, guys, check it out. Um, you know, go to jasonkalipa.com or check it out on Amazon, uh, and let's give this man some some uh, some social love from from the uh, 100 to zero nation or whatever the fuck it's called (laughs) (laughs) whatever the fuck you guys want to call it so um guys that's the show for the day do you have anything to say no man this is just fantastic do you want to apologize for lying about your green belt no man i (laughs) hey okay you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hang on to that lie rear end in fourth grade because of my karate moves what about me what well you got something to say 1-0 sal office champ video to prove it what (laughs) i'm the office champ of what 
Get the fuck out of I'm here, dude. Yeah. I will kick your ass right now. Last time you tried it, it ended up badly for you. No, it ended up badly for you. I just had to get a new cell phone. I was, yeah. Well, I didn't have to get a new anything. I, I, so I, I would say, say I would you like to know. You, you had to I, buy me a cell phone. I would like to know who could win an arm wrestle. We don't talk about arm wrestling. That's for bitches. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to get a bunch of DMs. Dude, I'm a professional arm wrestler. Oh, I'll fucking kill you. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. You win. Yeah, that's right. You win. <laughs> I did break a guy's arm arm wrestling one time, though. Cool. At Pops at like four in the morning. Was this next to Vaughn's green belt story? Or? No, this is this really <laughs> happened. I got a witness. Halsey was with me. Yeah. Four o'clock in the morning, Pops? Yeah. <laughs> what dude, else were you guys no, doing? No, I swear. This guy comes over and he goes, he, you know, Pops is this fucking bar here in St. Louis. Like, you, I, you just don't fucking go there. Yeah. And I don't even know why we were there. Well, I do actually I do. know why we were there. <laughs> I know it's, why right, we're there. it's right next to the strip club. So we found our way to Pops afterwards. So you go to the strip club, you get a barbecue chicken sandwich because they're great. All right. And then or you go burger. to Pops. That's how it works. So we're in Pops. It serves canned beer. Okay. That's the kind of place we're talking about. Right. Basically my kind of place. So we're in there and this fucking guy comes over and he's got like a mullet, you know, and he's like, bro, your arms are big. I want arm wrestle you. And I'm like, no, dude, it's all good. Like I'm, we're just hanging out. He's like, no, bro. What do you, what do you? Too pussy to arm wrestle me. You think you, you think you you think I'll beat you? And I'm like, no, bro, it's all good. Like, fuck comes back ten minutes later. He's like, dude, I'm not leaving here without you arm wrestling me. And I'm like, all right, dude. So, dude, I ended up arm wrestling this dude. And like, I guess I don't know. Like, I thought he was like a pro arm wrestler or some shit. Yeah. So I like took it serious. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to fucking try real hard. <laughs> <laughs> I broke this motherfucker's arm, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're making People fun of his appearance. Like, you know, who's at Pops at four o'clock in the morning? Let's not, I mean, let's not forget. So were you. I know. And I was <laughs> How long was your mullet? Was uh, it? No, my, I never had a mullet. It was all one length. But <laughs> but this was post-mullet days, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like- From Missouri, mullet's always in. Yeah. But like, dude, this guy, like he, he gave me this look afterwards and he's like- Bro, you why do you have to be so serious? <laughs> like, dude, I've tried to tell you like four times. Alcohol. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Uh hey, make sure you're participating in the uh the one hundred to zero power play. We're giving out some cool shit. Uh definitely gonna get together a trip for people out here on that soon. So make sure you're participating in that. Uh and guys, uh go do your thing. Let's kick some ass.